Quarterback Jaden Rashada's 2023 recruitment has been one of the craziest in the country, and it might be ending in the Pac-12. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Later in the show, we'll be talking about Ryan Grubb, Washington's OC, who appears to be staying put. He clearly listens to Locked On Pac-12, which we greatly appreciate. Love the support. Obviously, he listened to my takes from yesterday. But first, John Garcia Jr., our Locked On recruiting insider here at the network, joining me to talk about one of the craziest. I mean, there have been some wild, wild recruitments over the last couple of years. It feels like this is going to be, maybe not at this level, but the wild flipping and going around and whatnot. This has been one of the crazier recruitments with Jaden Rashada, right? There's no doubt. And especially because so much of it is new territory, right? We're talking NIL, we're talking deals, attorneys, uh, just enrollment, a delay thereafter, uh, already a flip in the recruitment uh, last year in the summer, uh, Miami to, to Florida. So yeah, the, the thing's got layers to it, but it's got that new element, that NIL element that makes it uh, so fascinating, and now he's back on the market and has been released from that letter of intent from the Florida Gators, so it's game on. And immediately you heard buzz for Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State. Immediately you wondered, could Washington or Cal, which did not sign a quarterback in the class of 23, could they get back involved for a kid from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, California, where proximity to home that was was kind of the first thought for a lot of us when we saw this news break. Hey, this got Pac-12 written all over it. Since then, TCU has gotten involved. They got the most recent visit from Jaden Rashada. Obviously, a heck of a first year for Sonny Dykes there in Fort Worth. Uh, that offense is certainly going to be more appealing to recruits. So maybe Jaden Rashada finds a fit there. So, so this thing can go in a lot of different directions. The timeline is like its own story here because this is not a kid who has to sign on national signing day he just got released from the letter of intent he's done with high school so in theory he could just enroll whenever you know given the school whenever the the window opens up for uh, a mini semester or or perhaps a, a second spring semester so there's a lot of layers to the Jaden Rashada recruitment specifically uh, and it's all because he's a really good quarterback. I think that's that's been lost a little bit in, in a lot of the discussion, but he's worth some of this trouble for sure. You talk about layers. I just think of Shrek. Onions are like ogres. Ogres have layers. That's you just best. wanted to break out the accent. <laughs> I see. You. I see. You. <laughs> Thought about it the moment you said layers, and uh, you know, it's kind of my show. So I guess we can do that. So um, th- this has definitely been a, a hectic time, but it is there any expectation in terms of a timeline here this show's dropping on national signing day are we expected to have heard from him right now i think this is the first window this is the first okay if something's going to shake it could start to happen now Um, naturally on national signing day these programs want 
to push for buzz and momentum, especially if they can land, uh, you know, the best available quarterback recruit in a year in the cycle of 23 that the industry has long called kind of the year of the quarterback, right? So uh, I think a lot of schools would love for it to end on the front end, particularly Arizona State and TCU. I think if it were to extend, it probably opens the door a little bit more for Cal, uh, for Washington, maybe BYU, a couple of others. Uh, Colorado uh, has been in contact to some degree. But I do get the sense, and again, this this goes along with what we've heard, is just Jaden is is exhausted. He is has had a rough year perceptionally. Uh, he's being viewed as a villain by some, a uh, poster child for the, the drawbacks of NIL in, in other cases. Uh, so there is a sense that he wants to get this done so he can get to college and start and just be on a roster where he can dig into his craft. So there is an accelerated sense, which is why you've seen visits the last couple weekends from Rashada's camp. So I do think it's a sooner rather than later scenario, especially because the portal's still going on, right? These quarterback dominoes are still falling in the portal, uh, and a lot of schools want to know where they stand. So I do think it happens sooner rather than later. It, it could be just more uh, a situation where, hey, can a Colorado, can a Washington command one more trip or two more trips out of Jaden before he is settled? Uh, but I do think he's got some intriguing options ahead of him. And Having been committed to, to Miami before Mario Cristobal's first game and then committed to Billy Napier while Florida was kind of treading water in year one under him, Rashada's obviously already twice verbally committed to a, a rebuild or a rebrand. So I don't think the 2022 results are going to affect this decision as much as maybe perception would tell us with, with a blue chip quarterback. For Pac-12 schools, that's good news if you're an Arizona State or a Cal fan or maybe potentially Colorado. I want to ask you about the Pac-12 potential landing spots because there there are several, not just that have pursued him in the past or there's some relationship. You know, Kenny Dillingham, I think, built a little bit of a relationship with him from his time in Oregon. The Ducks went after him at at one point in time. Pittsburgh is in Northern California, so he's got that proximity to the, the California Golden Bears, who, as you mentioned, don't have a quarterback in the 2023 cycle. I want to start with Washington, though, because when you're talking about NIL playing a factor, I would I would think I, I'm I'm not reporting anything concrete here, but Washington is among those programs the best position to offer him a package that would be uh, appealing on that front. So, are you hearing any Rashada to Washington buzz, which I, I laid out recently on the show, would make a lot of sense? Yeah, you know, this time last year, Spencer, Washington was probably establishing its 2023 recruiting board, and you could argue that Jaden Rashada was was their top target. I mean, that relationship was founded uh, around this time early in DeBoer's tenure. And yeah, it was reciprocated. Rashada had visited a couple of times. Um, you know, he had family ties to, to that school uh, at one point as well. So there's there's a lot uh, of early smoke with Washington and his recruitment before all, all the drama uh, became a part of it. And then obviously he kind of moved on. They moved to Lincoln Keenholz, who eventually flipped to Ohio State. So so they've been kind of quiet on the quarterback front, um, other than losing quarterbacks to the portal, which is understandable when Michael Penix comes back. And I'm sure, as you outlined, that's an advantageous situation for a Jaden Rashada because no matter where he's going to go, even if you throw in a Colorado, a TCU, an Arizona State, there's kind of an assumed starter at all of those schools. Um, if anything, sticking with Florida may, may have had his chances of playing as a true freshman a little bit higher. Uh, so obviously um, – 
in this recalculation, he has been willing, at least in principle, to sit and learn behind a veteran. And obviously Michael Penix has as much experience as anybody. So the situation would make sense. There is familiarity. There is a rapport between that coaching staff and Jaden Rashada. We just haven't heard anything tangible yet in terms of establishing a visit possibility, which is another reason why we think this thing could could move pretty quickly as, as early as National Signing Day, in fact. And in the 2023 cycle, he's not just the highest quarterback that is still hanging out there. He's one of the highest ranked players, period, remaining because so many now commit in uh, that early signing window. Washington, not the only Pac-12 school hot on the uh, Jaden Rashada trail, shall we say. What about Arizona State? A fascinating thing to look at, as there are many fascinating things on FanDuel, our new sponsor here at the Locked On Podcast Network. They're the number one sports book in America, which is why we're so excited to have them on board. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel so you can bet Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't Win. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 or download the app or FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's pivot to the Sun Devils, John, and and Kenny Dillingham has had contact with Jaden Rashada before, going back to his time as the OC at Oregon. Is that giving ASU some good vibes on potentially an inside track to land this guy? 100%. You know, even if you you take a deeper look into some of the things Rashada has said over the course of of his recruitment, you know, when when he picked Miami, the quote was kind of like, there's a bit of a Cali vibe here, the weather, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, a lot of that uh, can can be assumed at Arizona State as well. You throw in the relationship with Kenny Dillingham, that type of offense that has been appealing to the quarterback position for some time, the innovation, and the fact that they would kind of be hitting the ground running together in a rebuild. I think that's something to sell a quarterback on. Think of uh, – I don't know, think of any given Sunday, right? Al Pacino leaves, he takes Willie Beeman with him. That might predate your time, Spencer, but there's something to be said for building something together, and Kenny has been hammering that point, and he's been dropping some hints. I mean, Kenny is hes a crafty recruiter. There's a reason why he's been able to grab great quarterbacks at three or four different schools now at this point, just in in the last few years. He's been dropping some hints of confidence with Jaden Rashada, and I think there's reason to believe if he is Pac-12 bound, that Arizona State would make a lot of sense. His his father played there. Uh, Harlan Ben uh, Rashada, excuse me, played at ASU. So there's a ton of familiarity there. Um, and again, he took the visit. He took the visit two weeks ago, and and at that point, it w- it went from maybe a puncher's chance to oh, Arizona State is very much in this. And then the TCU trip was set up, and now that one between those two feels like a coin flip for that number one spot. So. Arizona State absolutely in the Pac-12 probably has the best chance today before any other visits are set to to actually land Rashada and, and keep him in Pac-12 country. Familial connections should never be discounted for schools. Colleges are big on legacies and selling that and keep the family tradition going. That is and a dad big... is very involved in this recruitment, like every single mm. step. So 
Mm, That is encouraging news if you are a Sun Devil fan out there listening to or or watching the show. The other thing, too, and we were talking about NIL a little bit earlier, I think on the surface, under normal circumstances, ASU maybe not quite as poised as Washington could be to offer the sort of NIL deal he's looking for, but with a new head coach who's bringing a lot of excitement and optimism around the program, I feel like that might be an easier sell than it otherwise would be to to go to you know big money people associated with the program and say we need to put together this amount of dollar figure th- these amounts of dollars or whatever you want to call it to to try and convince him to come because that would be really the first landmark recruit for for Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State and as the old saying goes you start with the quarterback and build out from there on, on the recruiting front 100 percent. you know that that's I'm sure, you know, one of the first calls he made, you know, once he found out that this Rashada stuff was was pretty murky, probably called dad. Hey, you're an alum. Uh, remember you from from recruiting Jaden. What, what does this look like? And, and you kind of go from there. So, yeah, it is. It's quite fascinating to look at this. I do wonder how much NIL is going to be important and a factor here, though, because that's that's so much of the conversation we've heard surrounding Jaden Rashada that at some point you you expect a pivot like i said there's there is a there's a fatigue from rashada and his camp there is a an urgency to just get to a college and and look there's still this notion that you know if you are good enough and all of that all that stuff's coming anyway right all that potential if you start living up to it the nil figures and the deals and all that stuff will eventually come especially for a quarterback there shouldn't be as much of a worry in that regard although Clearly, according to some reports, that deal at Florida was about uh, as big as we've seen in the NIL era, including current players, including the Bryce Youngs and the C.J. Strouds and the Caleb Williamses of the world, who have all done very, very well on an NIL front. So uh, fascinating all around. But I do get the sense NIL is not playing as big a factor this time around. Doesn't mean it's invisible, but I don't think it's as big a factor. And some of the schools involved here, you're talking about uh, Cal, Washington, Arizona State, TCU, neither of those are known for NIL. Even Colorado. I mean, not maybe in the future we'll, we'll start talking a lot about Colorado and NIL, but today that's not a foundational piece of that recruiting pitch either. That makes a lot of sense. Let's go to a couple other programs around the conference that that may be in on, on the Jaden Rashada. Can we call them the sweepstakes at, at this point? I think it's kind of how it, how it feels at this point in time. <laughs> He's a California native, John. When his top five originally came out way back when, when he was choosing a commitment and ultimately chose Miami at at the time, and of course has since unraveled, the California Golden Bears, to the surprise of many, myself included, were in the top five. I think the appeal to Cal, if he's not worried about a rebuild, then that's not something that that counts against the Bears, because if you consider ASU, he'd probably at least take a look at, at Cal, but You've got Sam Jackson coming in, the backup from TCU, who has some athletic potential, to be sure, but the promise of playing early in your career, I think, is very real at a place like Cal. I think ASU could offer that if Drew Pine struggles. Washington, you're definitely sitting for an entire season, barring an injury to to Michael Penix. So is there a lot of interest or any interest or not much at all uh, between the Bears and Jaden Rashada? I imagine Cal would be interested, but really is, is Rashada. Yeah, we know there's been communication. So we know that, you know, the first steps in that direction have been taken. And we know, again, logistically, that's the easiest visit 
for him to take. So I do think it is rather glaring that as far as we know, that visit hasn't yet gone down. Maybe they're saving it because it's so easy logistically. Um, maybe that's going to be the last one, no matter what. I, I don't have that information confirmed, but until he gets on that Cal campus, I think more so than any other going forward, it's hard to imagine the bears being that high up. That said, a ton of familiarity, early scholarship offer for Rashada, like you said, was in that top five as well. So at one point, pretty high on Cal. Um, and then the the path from compared to the last offseason to now, the path to playing time is a lot clearer at Cal. And I do think that's still important. Jaden Rashada is a competitive, fiery kid. Again, he's been very quiet by design because of all of the fallout. He hasn't been on social media. He certainly hasn't done interviews and any of that stuff, understandably so. But human to human, this is a fiery, competitive kid who who wants it and believes he's the best player in the country, not just the best quarterback. So if there is a path to, to playing time to sell, um, I do think that could be an angle to, to win in this recruitment again. I think at Florida, there was there was talk. There was talk that this was going to be a day one starter potentially. So I do think that's something important in Rashada's decision making. So if Cal backs in, I do or gets back in, I do think that will be a potentially accelerated uh, movement from them because of the logistics and because of the optics of maybe being the guy from day one. And I think bringing in an inexperienced quarterback like Sam Jackson, even though it's via the portal and typically transfers at that position are going there to start, I don't think that automatically indicates that he's the definitive go-to uh, starting right. quarterback, and it could turn into a, a fascinating battle. couple programs just to wrap up on the Jaden Rashada front, which, you know, if he commits on National Signing Day, then we'll be talking about this again on, on tomorrow's show. If he doesn't, then we'll just continue to follow it as the headlines evolve. But Oregon w was after him a while back, never got like anywhere super serious. Kenny Dillingham isn't there anymore. I don't get the sense that they could reemerge as a player, but Oregon and Colorado are kind of like, you know, if you were looking at our friends at FanDuel, the, the odds right sure. now for most likely Pac-12 schools would be like plus 300 Arizona State, probably plus 500 Washington and Cal, and then you'd be getting to the plus probably 800 and beyonds in terms of odds for, for Oregon and, and Colorado. Heck, I think the Buffs would probably have a, a better shot in that sense. But do you have any inclination for, for those two schools about whether or not they could start to rise as a contender? Yeah, I think Oregon is definitely the furthest away at this point. They signed – their top quarterback in, in 23, Austin Novoside, after the Dante Moore situation, moved very quickly in that regard, actually. Uh, credit to Will Stein, the new OC. Um, but Colorado, yeah, Colorado just feels like interest. It's It's been reciprocated. Um, but they also brought in multiple quarterbacks, including a flip of a Kansas player. And obviously Shador Sanders, independent of, of these other schools, has more eligibility. He's got multiple years of eligibility left. So if playing time in that path is a priority, Colorado feels like a longer shot than Oregon in that sense. So I do think that uh, some of these other Pac-12 schools are are in much better position to potentially land a Jaden Rashada. But again, I mean, we're, we're never going to count on Dion on this pod or any pod I ever do, right? Because, I mean, they're probably signing Cormani McLean Wednesday. And, um, I mean, gosh, they were in – the Nicholas Harbor sweepstakes for like 10 minutes. And it was a big deal. You know, that's, that is the impact here. So 
I, I certainly won't underestimate him for any recruit, particularly a, a quarterback. I think that would make you a, a very wise man, of which John tends to be on the recruiting front. But he has knowledge outside of that footprint as well, and I want to pick his brain on one move or lack thereof by one Ryan Grubb up at Washington. But first, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We got through the holidays. They were somehow a month ago. Time flies when you're having fun, as we always do here on the show. My goal consistently is to eat a little healthier. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing for you. You got to try Built. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, 100% pure, wonderful, meltable. Don't leave them somewhere when it's hot. I've done that in the summer before. Still tastes really good, though, because they've got so many great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, and so many more. Head to your nearest Walmart today to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can go to Sam's Club as well and get a 13-bar box or check them out on Built.com. So before we came on to tape this show, John, Washington offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb, it came out from a a couple of different places that he was offered. That wasn't necessarily confirmed, but it seems like he was offered the Alabama offensive coordinator position, but he turned it down to stay at Washington. Somebody out there who talks about the Pac-12, I don't even remember who, was saying, yeah, you should probably just stay at Washington, and I don't think Bama's the right place to go, and Ryan Grubb agrees. So I bet that host feels really good about that particular take, whoever he is. Maybe he's listening to the show right now. But what what did you make of this coming about? I, I wasn't surprised that Alabama would, would be interested in Ryan Grubb, but do you think that he's making the right decision here to stay with the Huskies, at least for 2023? I do. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's touch and go in college football uh, and and at every level of football. Right. Especially when you are the hot offensive coordinator candidate. Uh, But when you're so comfortable and and look, Grubb has been with DeBoer for six years or so going on seven at this point at, at various posts, Fresno State, of course, before Washington. There's so much comfort and familiarity. You're getting Michael Penix back. There's there is, I and mean, you would know this better than me, Spencer. There's probably an unfinished business feel for Washington going into 2023. I mean, that Arizona yep. State loss is is glaring and kept them away from a lot of things, a lot of potential things. So, I, I think not only that familiarity and Penix and all that stuff, um, but on the other side, when you when you go to Alabama, it's such a different deal. Um, there's a different level of expectations. There's a different adjustment to Nick Saban, you know, who Nick will probably tell you not easy to work for um, th- that, that coach, that post has been one of the most scrutinized in the sport by those Bama fans, even though they're all like head coaches now in the NFL and or all OCs in the NFL or whatever it is. Um, those guys are all scrutinized pretty heavily down there in Tuscaloosa. Um, so not only would it be, an implementation of your system in a new place with new names, but you really also have to stay under the Nick Saban kind of parameters offensively. It's, it's a somewhat limited job uh, in addition to that spotlight and scrutiny that comes along with it. So I do think that there were some easy pros and cons here. Yeah. A couple more dollars maybe, uh, but that familiarity, that continuity up and at UW, I, I think was something that was going to be tough to, to pass on. So I think it, it makes a lot of sense for him to have stayed and, and 
try to become really, and I think for Washington, for everybody, not named USC, UCLA right now, for everybody to try to become that apex program once all this stuff shifts uh, in a couple of years. So I think there's a chance Washington can be right in the thick of that conversation. So why bail at this point? And he, he said very openly in the press conference, he does want to be a head coach one day. And I don't think there's any question that as you look ahead to the coaching carousel in 2024, because that's how college football works. We're always yes. looking ahead at, at, at some level, he will be one of the top candidates out there for any job, that's frankly. That's probably an even better point. Exactly. Yeah. So. like there, there, And there are going to be more jobs that come open in 2024. And there will be good jobs. There will be not as good jobs that come open. Will there be any in the Pac-12? I, I think the only ones that could reasonably come open, Cal, definitely. UCLA, maybe. And, and it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. But I think those are the most likely programs for it. Now, I, I've read some reports that SEC schools have tried to poach him away because of his schematic prowess for quite some time. So I wonder if, you know, if the if the DC taking over for for Mike Leach, RIP, doesn't work out and they choose to go in a different direction, or if Lane Kiffin were to move on from Ole Miss. I mean, there, there are a number of different jobs like that, oh, yeah. or would he take him out in West job? I don't know. I think there's a yeah. lot to that, but I, I think at Washington, what he's ultimately seeing is the floor, I think, is higher in terms of how he could be viewed as a coaching candidate in 2024, because that's how he's got to be thinking now, right, is that is the year that he's going to try and strike the iron while it's hot, and yeah, your ceiling might be higher at Alabama, because if you win an SEC championship, now your visibility is blown out of the water but Washington's not going to fly under the radar in 2023 so if they go out have another 10 win season make it back to the Pac-12 championship game I think whether they win or not he will get offers as a head coach that's a great point uh that carousel is going to be crazy because every year is now crazy every coach is on a shorter leash so you're that much uh more vulnerable to a quick trigger uh, a quick hook from these athletic departments so yeah that's that's probably the best point is that if that is the end game Staying and building on this breakout season would be just as impressive as keeping that train rolling uh, down there in Tuscaloosa, for sure. Completely agree. That's not the only reason that I bring you on, just to agree with me. It's just nice when it when it works out that way. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Recruiting for our insight here at Locked On. John, appreciate it as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and as always, have a wonderful rest of your day.